Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's jump out to The Zone phone. Joining us now, uh, he is the founder of JumpBall.net. He writes for the Bleacher Report, hosts podcast for The Athletic, not to mention a uh, former longtime NBA video coordinator. He's Mo DeKeel with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Mo. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourselves? Hey, we're doing terrific. Uh, we are the home of the Utah Jazz, meaning uh, home of the hottest team in the league right now. So things <laughs> things are going all right. Yeah, not not too much to complain about when you guys are on fire like this. Uh, no doubt. Well, give us your overall thoughts, and I'm sure we'll get dive into the specifics. But your thoughts on what you've seen from this Jazz team thus far? You know, the thing that's most interesting is this is the team everybody was expecting last season, right? And I think it's you're seeing everybody more comfortable in their roles. It's not just Mike Connolly, you know, having a better understanding of the system and, and, and a better feel after his first season. But, you know, Joe Ingles going to the bench was an adjustment for him last season, and he's more comfortable in that role. Getting Derek Favors back has been huge in terms of somebody that already knows the system, and him and Ingles have a good thing going. So they're able to kind of keep that synergy going and, and so on. So I think – you know, they're playing at a great level. And the other thing, too, is they've just been red hot from three. And I think that's been a big thing for them. Well, we've watched them hit those deep shots. And it doesn't seem like any kind of fluke. It seems like it's a natural progression uh, and utilization of their talents. Do you think that the way the Jazz are playing is sustainable, not just in the long run, but against whoever comes down the, the, the path? Yeah, because even when they're not hitting shots, and there's not been a lot of games where they haven't hit shots, but they're still a solid defensive team. So I think they always have that they can lean back to, to fall back on. But when you look at the way they're getting shots, you know, a lot of it is off of penetration and kick. It's rolls from Rudy Gobert that's sucking in the defenses. I mean, they're getting a lot of open looks just off of that stuff and, and, and how the ball is moving. So I you know, there's going to be games where they're just not going to be, make a shot. Like, we're going to have a game where they're going to go, and you're going to be like, man, they only have six threes at this point? Like, what's going on? But their defense is solid. They have that commitment. They attack the paint. You know, they have a roller in Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell does a phenomenal job of getting into the paint, and whether that's for his own shot or for creating for others, he's capable of doing that. So I think they're they're in a good, good shape for, for their going forward in the season. You know, for a lot of us uh, non-basketball people, Mo, we fall back on stats, right, to to reflect how productive or not somebody is. And when it comes to Rudy Gobert, I think it's unfair because I don't think there are ready-made stats to really express his value. So as a, as a guy who watched NBA tape for a long, long time and, uh, you know, did that for a living and now is in the business of kind of translating that knowledge you know, to us everyday bozo radio guys. Help us uh, understand the true value of Rudy Gobert and his game. 
Well, I think, you know, obviously we see what he does on the defensive end, right? Like, it's not just blocking shots or even altering shots. He just full-on discourages shots. Guys will drive in the lane and see it's Rudy Gobert there, and they'll be like, okay, I think I'm just going to go the other way now. Um, I think that's kind of what Rudy provides on the defensive end in that aspect. Offensively, the things he does is, you know, he sets solid screens, and, you know, obviously besides just opening up a teammate when he does that, when he rolls, defenses have plans where they got to suck in and you got to tag on that role. Because if you don't, you know, Donovan Mitchell is going to throw a lob up for Rudy Gobert. Joe Ingles is going to find it. Mike Connolly, all these guys are capable passers out of the pick and roll are going to find him. Or even when they get off the ball and it goes to the wing, you know, it, they're going to be able to find Rudy if you're not covering the role. So you got to pull in. And what that does is it opens other things up and it forces the defense to have to move. And by doing that, it gives you other avenues for which the offense can attack. And that's something we can't really statistically provide in any way of saying Rudy's provided X amount of lanes. You know, it's just the the way it works. There's no way to kind of prove that stuff, but it's just sort of how it manipulates and contorts the defense. Speaking of the stats, Mo, it seems as though uh, there are a bunch of players on the Jazz who, who don't really care about stats. Yeah, they want to fill their role who was it, Jake, who said we want to fill the role to perfection? Who it was, was it? To be a star in their role, and that was George Niang. Yeah, George Niang said that, but that's even true of Donovan Mitchell. You get, even though Rudy and Donovan are all stars, I don't think those guys. I'm pretty convinced that they don't care whether they get 22 or 29 or 17 points as long as the team benefits. Well, I mean that's a big thing, and. and- that that phrase being a star in your role is something that I heard a bunch from Doc Rivers too. Like this is a normal thing, you know. This is your role; you got to be great at it, and you can do so much. This is almost a life lesson. You can do so much in life if you don't care about the credit. If you're not concerned about who's getting the credit, just go do it. I think you can get a lot done, and I think that's what matters on the basketball court, especially with what you're seeing with the Jets. Just a, also a good group of guys. They all get along so well. We know the stories from last season and the issues. It looks like they've gotten past that and, and, and have moved on, and, and, and everybody looks to enjoy each other. And by doing that, they're all kind of elevating their play. It's the same phrase as, you know, rising tides lifts all ships. You know, if you're on a championship-level team, you're going to get a lot of credit. <laughs> Don't have to worry about the stats too much. So let's talk about this Laker team that's in town to take on the Jazz uh, tonight. And they're going to be without Dennis Schroeder. They're going to be without Anthony Davis. Um, there's a narrative going uh, around about, you know, can LeBron uh, handle the wear and tear of so much of a load? And I, I've got to admit, I, I, I with the short off season and now really he's expected to carry the team in the doldrums of the season and he's doing it, you know, because he's, he's not human, but is, is that a concern wear and tear on LeBron this year? It has to be. And I know all the quotes, you know, LeBron makes and things like that, but that's why the Lakers won and got those guys in the off season. Part of it was we're going to be able to have a very strong team and not ask LeBron to do as much problem is that requires those guys to be on the court. Anthony Davis isn't available. Dennis Schroeder isn't available. And the Lakers just don't have any other playmakers after that. You'll 
if you haven't seen a Laker game lately, you know, you'll see it tonight when you watch the Jazz play. Whenever LeBron comes off the court, the offense just sputters because there's nobody else that you really feel comfortable with that's going to be able to run the offense and get things going. And when LeBron's on the court, he's got to be on the ball to create for everybody else because he's the best passer on the team. And, you know, that's true with the other guys are, are available too. But on top of it, you know, those guys, the guys like Alex Caruso and those guys just aren't at the level of a passer in the way that Dennis Schroeder can get you into offense, the way Anthony Davis can create looks by getting double teams and things like that. So it does put a ton of pressure on LeBron with, you know, not having those guys. And it's going to be a concern for the Lakers going forward. So, Mo, maybe you answered uh, my question uh, partially there. But if you were the Jazz, what would you? What strategy would you employ to beat this Lakers team tonight? You know, I think a big thing tonight is just don't let the other guys get off. LeBron's going to get his points, right? He, you got to make it a little bit difficult for him. But LeBron's going to get his numbers because, yeah, you, one of you guys said it already. I mean, he's practically not human. <laughs> you know, the, he, he's going to create. But you can't let guys like can't let Kyle Kuzma go off for 20-something points and knock down threes and off of open looks and get out in transition. You can't let Alex Caruso come in and affect the game. You can't let Taylor Horton Tucker come in and get into the lane a bunch with easy drives and things like that. I think it's just a matter of making sure you cover the other guys and put it so that it's all on LeBron because I just don't know if he's going to be able to, to just beat this Jazz team on his own. Mo, uh, looking around the rest of the NBA a little bit, do you think this grand experiment in Brooklyn is going to work? Well, it's looking great right now. I think the ultimate thing is the, the, the ultimate decider is going to be the playoffs, right, and if they can get to the finals. I think they're playing really well together. Part of it is, you know, they haven't had to figure out how to get all three guys involved at the same time because KD's been out for, I think, the past six or seven games. So I think, you know, you you haven't had to try to figure that offense out altogether and how to build that defense. But when they have these two guys in Kyrie Irving and James Harden on the court, they're flowing well, and they've kind of fallen into the role where James Harden is the lead ball handler playmaker, and Kyrie's kind of falling into that scoring role. And I think it's, it's rolling pretty well right now. But it'll be a lot different when teams are able to scheme come playoff time and lock in and focus, whereas in the regular season, you're just trying to survive game to game. You don't have necessarily the time to do a deep dive into how you want to attack a team. Well, in your opinion, who's the most improved team in the NBA this year? Is it the Jazz or is it the Suns or is it the Sixers or who, who would you who would you say? I really want to cheat and just say all of the above. Uh, <laughs> they've, all, they've all upgraded. But I think I'm going to go with Philadelphia, and the main reason why is they looked so bad at the end of last season. They didn't look like a cohesive unit. They didn't look like they, they were comfortable with each other. Granted, moves have been made. They have a roster that fits more together. Joel Embiid is in great shape and looking like the MVP of the season. You have Tobias Harris playing great under Doc Rivers, and you got to give a lot of credit for Doc coming in and changing things and, and the mood. And then Ben Simmons is rolling now, and, and and he's looking pretty solid. I mean, he's unbelievable defensively, but he's been more and more aggressive on the offensive end lately, which gives this team a bit of an edge. I just think themselves, just almost the, by the aura around them being completely different, I feel like you got to give it to them as the most improved team. But all three of these teams and, and a few others that we can talk about, 
all have done a, a great job this season, kind of changing and moving forward. We saw the the Clippers a couple of times last week. Uh, Jazz won one, and then they lost one when Kawhi and Paul George and Nicholas Batum came back. And you know they certainly look as formidable as we all thought that they were were going to be. But then, of course, the memory of the bubble looms. What, who are the real Clippers? Yeah, I think sometimes we got to be a little bit careful with with what they did in the bubble, just because of the fact that that was such a strange situation and scenario for everybody. You know, I think it, it, it really challenged a lot of players and coaches, for that matter, in terms of how to how to deal with almost the isolation they dealt with. You know, I think we're somewhere in the middle. I think the Clippers have a chance to be really good. They still have areas where I'm I'm worried about. I still think they need another ball handler. But ultimately, when they're rolling, I mean, they got everything. They got defense. They got scoring with Kawhi and PG. You know, they're they're in pretty good shape. I just don't think I think people are holding last season against them a little bit too much at this point. I think we just got to see what they have right now. And so far, when they've been on the court, they've looked great. How dangerous are the Suns? They're definitely dangerous. There's no question. You got to look at them and say, you know, any team with Chris Paul is always going to have a puncher's chance because Chris is just a constant puncher, right? Like he changes things everywhere he's gone. I mean, you look at what he did with Oklahoma City, and you're watching what he's doing with Phoenix. Then on top of that, Devin Booker is just an elite talent, an unbelievable scorer, and I still think there are areas in his game that he can make other leaps in, which he eventually will, and he'll be another superstar in our league. You know, when when it gets to the playoffs is really where I'm going to be interested in this team because really besides Chris Paul, besides Jay Crowder, not a lot of playoff experience on that roster. And we all know it's a different beast come playoff time. It's a whole different league, basically. And I'll be very curious to see how they handle their first playoff appearance. You know, I, I, they're dangerous, but I'm probably not at the point where I'm too concerned of them come playoff time. You think Devin Booker is a shoe in to replace AD in the All Star game, or does Mike Conley have a chance? It's going to be really, really close. Uh, it's, it's. I think it's just between those two guys. When you look at it, you know, uh, Booker probably has the the better number and almost the more pizzazz, which probably isn't fair to hold against Mike Connolly. But you know, I think also everybody's rooting for Connolly to make the team after so many years. So. Uh, I really think it's going to be a toss-up. Either way, one guy is going to get snubbed and one guy is going to deservedly get the, the, the chance. It's just a tough scenario to be in. Well, I should know this, but I, I, it, I don't recall it right now. How is the uh, would be an added player chosen? I, I believe it's the commissioner makes the decision on who, who replaces the injured player. So it's going to be on Adam Silver to decide. So... Uh, it's, it's a fun time for Adam Silver. He always had, uh, uh, fun to have to make the tough decisions. You know, on the one hand, uh, picking a young player, uh, a promising young player, might promote him more and help the league. On the other hand is the sentimentality factor that you just mentioned with Mike Conley, and he's come close so many times before but never been in this game. Boy, I wonder. It really makes you wonder which way uh, the commissioner would lean on that. Well, we're, we're going to find out. I think it's just going to be a, a, a tough decision. And either way, you know, whoever doesn't go is going to feel slighted, and I understand it just because, you know, they're both having great seasons. And it, it, there's, there's no – anytime you have an all-star 
team selection kind of situations is always snubbed. Somebody said to me the other day, if you just expand the team to 14, I go, great. We can complain about who <laughs> the other guys who didn't make it. It's just we're always going to have a list of snubs. It's just the way this works. So want to hit you with something really random, Mo. All right, this is – but Gordon oh, and I went down this road yesterday, and I'm curious is if you have any thoughts. It seems like the Western Conference has been the better conference for a long time now. And maybe – I mean, maybe you disagree with that point to begin with, but that, that was kind of where we jumped into the conversation. Why – if you agree with that, why do you think that is? I think it's cyclical. You guys are right. The, the, the Western Conference has been ex- much tougher over the past few years. I mean, when you look at just who, the, the record of the eight seeds over the years in the West and versus the East, it's, it's very rarely uh, uh, a team that's uh, below 500. And if they are, it's just barely by like a game or two. In the East, it's always some team that's, that's four or five games below 500, it feels like. I, I don't really have a good answer as to why, you know, it just seems cyclical sometimes. And I feel like in the, in the West, you're constantly having to battle and you have to get ready. And if you're going to be a good team in the West, you're always looking to add more talent. And it, it's almost like an arms race in the West. So you're constantly trying to beef up. The East has gotten better this year though. I want to, you know, the, the past two or three seasons that, the East has gotten better, more exciting with some more interesting teams. I think since LeBron left, I think more teams have jumped in the fray saying this is our time. So, you know, I don't have a clean answer. I just think sometimes it's 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 a cyclical thing, and at some point we're going to have a situation where the East is going to be just so much better than the West. You know, I, I keep thinking that maybe it is cyclical, but I can't remember the last time it was the East, Mo. It's, it's, <laughs> and we're we're in the West. I, you know, maybe we're maybe we're biased somehow. But man, as long as I can remember, it seems it was that way. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I almost got to go back to the '90s. You know, when I was watching the, as a, as as a kid, when it was, you know, you had the Pacers. I mean, obviously the Bulls were dominant, but you had the Pacers, the Knicks. Um, you know. Miami was popping off at at some points during that run. I mean, there was that's probably the closest time when you almost had more parity across both both conferences. I just feel like slowly the the paradigm has shifted towards the West, and eventually it'll it'll slide back to the East. I think. I don't know when. Could still be a long while, but I think it'll, it'll, it might be eventually it'll happen. Well, Mo, thank you for jumping on with us, man. That was a lot of fun. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Hey, there you go. Thank you. Uh, Mo DeKeel with us. Again, he's the founder of thejumpball.net. Uh, he writes for Bleacher Report. He does podcasts for The Athletic, uh, former video coordinator for the Clippers, Spurs, and the Australian men's basketball team. He's good. I yeah, like him. Yeah, he is good. He's, yeah, nice get good. there, Austin. And I, I do, I asked him that question about Rudy. You know, uh, oftentimes I think Rudy runs into that where it's it's hard if you're not watching Rudy every night to really describe the value to the team. I mean, you know, if you watch all the, like Mo was describing, I mean, if you watch all those players go into the lane, look up, see Rudy (laughs) and completely change their mind and flee the paint. I mean, it happens all the time, but there's no, there's no stat, you know, scared uh, driver, you know, there's no, that, that doesn't uh, get printed up in the uh, San Jose Mercury Gazette. 
You know, so like it's hard to describe those those types of scenarios and their true value when it comes to winning basketball games. But I'll, I'll tell you this, Gordon, if you look at the Jazz roster and you take Rudy off it, they would be a bad basketball team defensively. I I think that's a fair thing. But you put Rudy on it and well, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's say they'd be an average basketball team. He takes them from average to top five. I mean, it's how do you appropriately demonstrate that to somebody who's not watching everything? I we're right. You got to watch everything, and, and what you said about players who enter the lane, but but they're even hesitant to do that because they know uh, as part of the pregame preparation they know that Rudy is there. But sometimes I think they forget, and so they do what they normally do, and then you see that surge. Dribble completely extended, uh, exit stage left, and uh, leave where they normally would go because of Rudy. And then, Jake, that affects a lot of things. It, it affects the quality of the shot that eventually is found because the shot clock is ticking, right? And the two favored shots in the NBA, as we've often talked about, are the three-pointer and the shot at the rim. Well, Rudy makes it very much more difficult for a team to get those shots at the rim. And often, uh, when when teams do get that shot at the rim, at least a good shot, it's usually because somebody else is beaten and Rudy has to, to, to slide over and then the ball gets uh, delivered to the man he was originally covering and, and then he scores. But it, it gets more complicated in there, and it's all because of him. You know whose fault that is, by the way, right? The guard on the wing who's not helping the helper. <laughs> okay, so break that down for us, Jay. Well, when Rudy goes to help somebody, then Rudy's guy is standing all alone underneath the basket. So the defender in the corner needs to rotate down and take away the dunk. And, you you know, when it works, you know it because they'll either really foul the guy or they'll uh, get in the way of the pass, Right. Uh, or, you know, if they're good enough or big enough, they can cut it off altogether. But we saw it a zillion times with uh, with John Stockton and Jeff Hornacek, you know, being the last line of defense. And how many times did, did John wrap up a, you know, Patrick Ewing down there and keep him from getting a dunk, right? Well, when it does happen like that and somebody like that? Doesn't, doesn't help the helper, like uh, then, the team, then the team often scores – Two. Yeah, nice. All right, uh, speaking of help, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our good friend Andrew Reinhardt. Let's help out the folks. I don't know if that would be considered helping the helper, Andrew, but help nonetheless. <laughs> yes, <laughs> helping somebody, helping everybody. Uh, we have helped a lot of guys in the bedroom. If you're out there listening, frustrated because maybe the the level of intimacy has diminished a little bit. The frequency has gone down with your significant other. Wasatch Medical Clinic uh, has helped a lot of guys with this very sensitive topic, ED. We use the two most advanced forms of acoustic wave therapy. We've seen guys in their 90s in here. We've seen guys in their 20s in here. They just want to improve things. They want more blood flow. Our treatments have been clinically proven um, more and more so every month, even by Cambridge University, to open up blood vessels very gently, regrow blood vessels, and you'll be amazed what happens in the bedroom when we get the circulation improved. You get the blood flow going where you want it, when you want it. 
So just so I've got this straight, treat the problem, not the symptom. Exactly right. We have been throwing pills to, uh, to be a symptom reliever for 30 years. Uh, if you take the pill, you still have ED. The next go around, you've got to take more and more of it. And now we're actually going to the root of the problem, which is really cool. So when the timing is right in the bedroom, your brain, your, uh, brain releases chemicals, causes blood to flow. So it flows properly. And that's essentially what our treatments do. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Call and get on that schedule and get in and see the doctor and maybe some other stuff too, right? Yeah, a lot for free. Call us. We'll do the assessment. We'll do the exam with our doctor. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound. It's all no charge and great information. Even if you don't go forward with treatments, I think you'll come away knowing a lot more about your body. Uh, We're going to throw in a little enhanced gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. That's been very popular, and new patients even get free testosterone. If you're feeling a little lethargic, that could be a good thing for you, and it's all free at Wasatch Medical. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead. Don't forget, Lock joins us at 4. We'll have a bunch of jazz sound for you at 5. It's all straight ahead here on the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Left corner, Niang, contested three over the top and in. And the Jazz lead by 10. They trailed by 15. And now they've just put it on. This is where this team just starts to do this. It's a 13-0 run. I think it's a grit aspect, you know, where we know if we keep defending and keep making the other team take contested twos and tough threes, that we're eventually going to hit a 10-0, 12-0 run. And that sinks most teams. You know, most teams can't bounce back from runs like that late in the game. Sometimes those runs come early in the game. With us being number one in the league with our record, I think teams are really coming out looking to punch us in the mouth. So we need to do a better job of being ready for them in the first and second quarters. But I feel like late in the game lately, you know, we've put on those 12-0 runs and uh, that's really put teams out. All right, there you go. That's George Niang talking about this Jazz team and how they're winning basketball games, putting together these big-time runs. And, you know, we've seen that a lot. We've seen it over and over again. It hasn't been a requirement for the Jazz to win games, but they've certainly done it that way quite a bit. So the question then becomes, is that an advantage or could it be a trap? How so? Because the Jazz seem to understand that even if they're not playing well, they can uh, they can bounce back from that. Flip the switch, Jake. And if a team knows it can flip the switch, what happens if it can't flip the switch? And, uh, and my point is, does that somehow uh, make it less important that a team comes out on fire with the intensity necessary uh, to, to win games? So I don't know if I'm buying into the flip the switch thing with this particular jazz team. And maybe it's because I interpret that cliche a little bit differently. Um, Like flip the switch, I think of those Golden State Warrior teams that were just on cruise control Mm -hmm. until, you know, the playoffs came around. And then all of a sudden it was like they're unbeatable. You know what I mean? And you mean, well, there was the year that they didn't even have to play anybody in the fourth quarter because they were ahead all the time. Well, that was kind of early Warriors when they were just discovering how good they could be. I'm thinking more like the Durant, that area Warriors, where they were just, you know, they were the best team in the league. And 
They knew it, and they kind of had that. Remember when? Remember when Steve Kerr let Draymond Green coach the team for a game? And he's trying to invent all these different ways to kind of communicate with his team. That's what I think of when flip the switch. Like when push comes to shove, they're going to show up and ball out. With this Jazz team, I think it's a little bit different because I don't know if they're built that way. They're kind of built in this statistical way where if they continue to do the right things and make the right decisions, that eventually it's going to work. That's why that's why Locke talks all the time about about three point attempts and that number being higher and higher and higher because eventually the the average is going to shine through, and so if you're a forty percent shooting three point team, then as if you take fifty five and you make forty of them, you're going to win, and so that's kind of what this team is is built around. I think it's a it's a little bit different. Uh, you know those runs George is talking about is coming back to the average. Yeah. Okay. All right, but I was thinking more of an indiv- game by game, not uh, through the season into the postseason. You know, but I think that's how they win a lot of games is just by doing it, and it's not necessarily repetitive because it is also based on what the other team does, what they decide to take away and whatnot. But they have their kind of built-in reads on how to attack whatever the other team gives you. And if, as long as you make the correct predetermined decision, eventually it's going to work more than it doesn't. Well, and, and well, I view it as an advantage because they know, regardless of what you're going to have, even if you're doing the right things uh, on the whole, you're going to make some mistakes. You're going to turn the ball over. You're going to miss some shots. And some teams, they get the dauber down. And once the dauber's down, they lose. They're cooked. And with the Jazz, it seems like it's dawned on this team completely that, yeah, you're going to have rough goes, but, uh, you know, uh, that's that's uh, that's now what's going to happen next, you know. As Jerry Sloan used to say, you can't play backward. Well, I think and a lot. this team doesn't seem to do that. I think that's why the Clippers are so uh, scary to the Jazz in my mind is because that they have the, the length and athleticism to guard multiple things at once, and we saw that, right, when they had all their players back. And by the way, it's not gloom and doom because the Jazz still only lost by, what was it, four, three? Mm-hmm. I mean, four. certainly a winnable game for them. But that's why I think, and, and we'll see with the Lakers tonight, and missing some of their guys, you know, they're not going to be as effective defensively. But LeBron is that kind of defender, right? You know, somebody who can take multiple things away and really change the game, not unlike Rudy in a weird way, but change the game and the game plan of the other team because you can do so many different things. So mm-hmm. that's why the Clippers are, are kind of a threat. I mean, you've seen with Charlotte, you know, they they had to overplay to take away the dunks from Rudy, and it just left the door to the three wide open. But if you can hug the shooters like the Clippers can and still, you know, beat the two-man game in the middle of the, of the court, that's tough. But isn't it interesting, the study of in the first half against Charlotte, the Jazz were missing shots, and then in that stretch in the third into the fourth quarter, they couldn't miss. And you talk about the law of averages, but it's, <laughs> you know, when you take little little stretches of it, it's just funny how how it can be so diverse. See, it's, it's, it's funny because I, I don't – I, I'm not disagreeing with you, Gordon, but it, it, what's funny is you can come away from a game with such a different impression. Because I thought that the, that game against Charlotte, I didn't think the offense was a problem at all in the first half. I mean, you talk about missed shots and the turnovers. They should still shot 44% from the field and scored, what was it, Gordon, 64 points in the first half? I thought the difference was defense entirely 
Uh, Charlotte only scored 43 points in the second half, and Rudy even talked about it after the game, how his teammates started to listen to him on the defensive end <laughs> and what a big impact that made. So, I like I said, I'm not necessarily calling you wrong because I get what you're saying. There was some missed shots and a lot of turnovers, but I, I thought they decided to click in and play defense in the second half, and that's why they ran away with it. Uh, although they did suddenly hit three after three after three after three it after did. three. It happened. That's why I was saying I'm not really disagreeing with you. I just came yeah. away with a with a different read on it. That's all. Because that yeah. run, what did we talked about it yesterday, was like 41 to 11 or something crazy <laughs> in that stretch. So that's <laughs> the why one I, the one I was talking about is 26 to two. Right. Uh, so I, that's why I'm saying I'm not calling you wrong. But I, I just came out with a different read on, on what was the real difference maker in that game. And certainly, George Niang going 7-for-7 seven seven and 19 made threes off the bench and doing a lot of that damage in that stretch you're talking about was certainly significant. Well, that uh, obviously both both stand out. But when you see 66 points off the bench and you see 28 made threes, uh, it's, <laughs> it's just like uh, it's hard to miss. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It just it punches you right in the nose. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, uh, you know, usually I like to come at you. You're wrong, Gordon. You're not wrong. I just had a little bit of a different read from the game. And LaMelo Ball looked like the second coming of Magic Johnson in the first half, and then where was he in the second? I shouldn't say that. Everybody's just so high on LaMelo Ball, and maybe I don't see it. He, he found out the hard way not to try and uh, dunk when Rudy's in the game. What do you think of his little uh, diss on Mike Conley? Listen, you're a rookie. You don't have any business dissing anyone. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to have a different opinion on that. I thought you were going to say, I can do whatever he wants. He can. I'm not advocating he's being arrested or anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> and and he did it to Mike Conley, right? Did the kind of too short thing. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. that guy... That guy's been in the year, uh, been in the league thirteen years, and and playing it's tough. 19 and nineteen-year-old kid comes out. Yeah, <laughs> geez, where where you been, Australia? I mean, how about you? How about you put a couple of years under your belt before you you show people up? Yeah, yeah, I think he. I don't know whether he learned a lesson in that. Uh, experience. What was that like? His eighth start or something like that. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just that he had things going his way early on, and the wiser mind would say, hold on, hold on, you know, don't be doing that yet. You know, this is a long game. <laughs> you still, and then your team loses by 22? Uh, suddenly, uh, you don't want to be uh, antagonizing yeah. anyone. And he'll, you know, he's a fine player, and he'll turn into he a, is good, a really Jake. A good... You got to admit, he's good. Okay, but I know. But David's comparing him to like Magic, and I don't know if I'm quite there yet. But I do think he's better than his brother, and I think he should be starting in Charlotte. Obviously, that was a good move, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it uh, goes. Yeah. Well, it's a good time to be a, a player for the Jazz because this team is on a positive vibe, knowing that it can play tougher defense if it's struggling in that regard, knowing that it can make shots if it isn't making them early. And what what a great feeling that must be. Uh, From a coaching perspective, you just tell your team, keep working, keep working, and it'll it'll pay off eventually. And I guess that's uh, illustrated very clearly in a 25-6 and record. It's so weird to see the Jazz with six losses – and what the closest team with the the, the fewest losses is ten? Pretty I remarkable. Mean, yeah. Yeah. 
And, I mean, and, and so, and so the, if the proof is in the pudding, not just in the ingredients you're putting in the pudding, and when I make pudding, uh, it really usually, man, I used to really be able to whip up a mean batch of tapioca. You know? I doubt that one, and it's pronounced pudding. What I say? Not pudding. What I? <laughs> Do you have a favorite kind of pudding? Pudding. <laughs> but pudding. it's like pudding. Pudding. Uh, well, the good news for the Jazz is, is their defensive game plan should be a little bit simpler tonight. Uh, just simply guard LeBron James because the rest <laughs> of the Lakers, you know. Although, you know, they made Montrezl Harrell was an interesting addition to them, uh, for them in the offseason. Um, you know, Kyle Kuzma, of course, everybody's familiar with him, and we'll see how uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope plays. But there's no doubt that Dennis Schroeder and Anthony Davis are a huge part of what the Lakers do. That's your number two and number three scores right there. Maybe your number one score if you really want to count Anthony Davis that way. Craig Bowler Jack will give us the secrets to his killer tapioca pudding recipe. See, you know how to pronounce it. I said pudding. It's pronounced pudding. It's pronounced Porsche. Porsche pudding. So just pudding talk, no thoughts on on how the Lakers are going to score the basketball tonight? Nothing? Uh, <laughs> well, Mo said that the Jazz need to understand that LeBron's going to do his thing, and not just to let him do that thing, but to understand that uh, that that thing is going to be done by him, and to keep the others from uh, from going crazy. You know, you mentioned that Schroeder won't be involved in the game. He has had an he has had a way of uh, of really. Uh, hurting the Jazz in the past because Jazz defenders have had a hard time staying in front of them. I know. I went right to voicemail, too. What? What? What do you mean, what? It's really rude when you you know your friend sees that you're calling and he just ignores your call. Seriously. I'm sitting here looking at that, and I'm going, "What? why is Austin <laughs> calling me in the middle of the segment? Because I heard and your then, phone was on loud and wanted to have I some know, fun. Good to pounce. I, <laughs> I turned I it right off. Up. <laughs> I what? turned Hello. it off immediately. Went from, went from tuning out pudding talk to, I'm going to get this done. <laughs> Tried to make me uh, feel even worse. <laughs> even Didn't worse? Work because I, because you don't need to feel I, bad. I, I, was, I was quick to the, quick to the matter. I, I that hasn't been the case care. in the past. <laughs> well, when the phone was across the room from me, and I couldn't get there, and you know what you do, you you like lined up ten people to call. That did happen once. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more for you coming up next. David Lockett, Schroeder. four. We'll play Schroeder. Schroeder. Can you say it right? Schrader. <laughs> okay. It's Porsche. It's pronounced Porsche. We've been down this road. You even they're both they're it. both they're both from Germany. They are. That's true. Uh, stay tuned. Lock at four. Ach, Jazz sound at five. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. Didn't he just say there's nothing the state is doing to stand in the way of college football? What I your policy is in the way? I'm not following that. Really, <laughs> pro teams are doing it. Sorry, my phone's ringing. What, is this your first day no, on radio? Oh, uh, well, I'll just let it ring out. Hit the, the button. I know, it's across the roof. 
Jake, why are you calling me? <laughs> are you just doing that just to bug me now? I am. I admit it. That was a low blow. Who's calling you this time? Uh, um, I don't know who that you is. You don't have Lloyd's number in your phone. Now Scotty's calling. <laughs> Phone's ringing, dude. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for a market update brought to you by our friends at TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. The big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Gordon, how did the markets do today? Jake, uh, the markets did very well today. It's a good day for investors. So the Dow was up. 425 points. I can die happy. Wow. The NASDAQ, I think that's a new record high. The NASDAQ was up 133 points. That sounds good. And the S&P, Jake, was up just over 44 points. It's good to be rich. (laughs) So So, things were good today. So things were good today. This was... uh, if you know somebody who invests heavily in the stock market, uh, call them up and tell them they owe you dinner. You do owe us dinner. Yeah, about that. We need going to get on that three taken years care of. almost. Yeah, how know, are but... we going to get that taken care of? When was the last time you went out to eat? My oh, wife, my wife was pregnant when we made that bet. Yeah, my child's two. two. Well, I know, but look, two. two. I tried to pay that off, yeah. and you guys you resisted. Really, Sunday at what? Am 3 I supposed? Am I supposed to try, lasso you guys and, uh, and, no. and and haul you in? Because I I said let's do it let's tonight. Get, no, that's the thing is is that you're like let's do it tonight at what what time was it? Austin six forty seven before the show ended. <laughs> yeah, like hey, in the on next, a random Tuesday. On, yeah, right. I don't, but I remember I gave you guys like two different choices during the week, and 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 you were busy both times. But just because we were busy doesn't absolve you of the bet. But see, this is what I think is really going on here. I think I'm trying to pay off what I owe you, and you guys are trying to extend it so you can torture me with it. No, no. we we'll take the dinner. That's not, oh, that yeah. was the that wasn't the vibe I got. I, I've never uh, had a drink or drop in my life. I'm going to order it all that night. Yeah, right. To celebrate gonna, the, gonna, our friendship. Gonna, I just you're gonna it take, out. Wait, wait. You're going <laughs> to take up drinking? No, I just said I'm going to order it. He's going to pour it into the tree next to the <laughs> table. eBay. Are you going to? Are you going to like order up a five thousand? Dollar bottle of wine? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, we're going to be north of that. And they, they, they dump it in the tree next to the table? I'm a, I'm a man of principle, really. What, what, he, doesn't <laughs> give, what he doesn't give to me, yeah. <laughs> Jake will just come with a potted a tree to the There table. are those who would think that's a waste. Yeah, let them. So? And wastefulness is a sin, is it not? Not really. 
Depends yeah, on he what, knows he knows where you can find me. Depends on what book you read. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right, we'll get it. We'll we'll get it. Uh, I haven't been out to eat. Uh, I've done takeout and uh, done other things, but I haven't been gone to a restaurant and sat down. I'm really looking forward to doing that again, and uh, I'm sure all you guys are too. So, hey, Gordon, can I uh, can I bring up a story with you real quick? This is a, a complete change of topic, but uh, it's not really a story we need to spend a ton of time on. But I I wanted to bring it up with you uh, re- very quickly because you've had a long journalistic career, and I want to know if this has ever happened to you. Okay, because <clears throat> a lot's happened to you, but I want to know if this has ever happened to you. Uh, Ravens linebacker Matthew, is it Judden? Is that how you say it? I don't know. Uh, J-U-D-O-N. He's very good. The Ravens franchised him last year. I'm embarrassed. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But um, anywho, uh, the Raven, he turned down a long-term deal with the Ravens, and uh, so they franchise-tagged him, and then he didn't have a very good, uh, a very good year last year. And the ESPN reporter uh, who covers the Ravens, his name is Jameson Hensley, uh, wrote about passing up this uh, long-term deal and then basically wrote that he underperformed. So uh, our guy, uh, Jaden, takes to uh, social media and says, I know y'all don't know because I just found out this year, but you have about a month to sign a long-term deal after being franchised uh, tagged. If a deal doesn't get done in that time, ain't no deal or no talking between the two parties. Jamison Hensley and tags him on it. So I'm waiting uh, on your ESPN sourced apology or I'm leaking these photos I got with you in the strip club. So, my qu- Gordon, you've, you've dealt with uh, a lot of athletes over the years, some happy with your column, some not so much. Have you ever been blackmailed? Uh, not in that manner. Uh, in any I, manner? I, no, I, I've never, no, I've never been blackmailed. I've been threatened to get in to have my uh my beep whooped but uh but never, never, blackmail. never blackmail nobody no, dug up some I don't dirt hang on out you. with players i don't know, hang out at strip clubs with the players but they could have found some sort of other you know skeleton in the closet and said hey gordo i wouldn't uh <clears throat> run that column if i were you <laughs> no no, that's never happened. No? Okay. But thanks for planting the idea. I no, no, that. I just am curious. You've experienced a lot over your career. I just wasn't sure if blackmail by a player was one of them. Man, I'll tell you, that that is dirty pool right there, man. Dirty, dirty pool. I, but my thing is, does this, does this reporter, if he's the type that's going to strip clubs, he's probably not going to care all that much that it's posted unless he's doing it on the down low i guess well and true and isn't this player actually kind of really like doing the worst by saying that those exist i mean he's already saying that the dude was at the strip club so i mean what are pictures gonna do just at that point confirm the cat he's already let out of the back (laughs) yeah that's a good point too i didn't think of that yeah that's a really good point the bargaining chip has been played yeah (laughs) he he just blew it right there he just said, well, yeah, I've got photos of you at a strip club. Well, you might as well release them now because everybody already knows. It depends on what the photos are of. You know? Well, he, I mean, because it's it's one thing. I don't think it's chicken wings. Well, I mean, it's one thing to go there to get chicken wings. It's another there to go there and get something got else. a great Sunday buffet. What do you, you mean know? about get something else? I mean, I, I think everybody's... Okay, we'll just we'll just we'll stop there. Everybody's what? 
Uh, I think everybody Chester, see your way up. Yeah, seriously. I think everybody knows kind of the 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 rules, I suppose, or what do uh, anyway. Yeah, but uh, no, I I again, I've never been to a strip club, but I, but I just you know, from what I understand, there are various places within the club where different things can take place. And some, I mean, it's one thing to sit there and eat a steak sandwich, you know, or burger or chicken wing it's another to, to you know to be ushered to a, a certain part of the club where you know it's a little more intimate uh, it's not that intimate so, gordon well I, you know i don't know i i i i thought that there might you know be some <laughs> contact going on this is the but, easiest segue in the history of segways no i know i just no. uh, is wait, our wait, friend wait, 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 wait. from wasatch Jake. medical clinic he's andrew <laughs> reinhardt hi andrew how you guys doing oh, i've been better how are you <laughs> i am doing great here i this is great radio i just kind of want to keep you guys going no, no I, I just andrew no, i mean no, I, no, I, no, I mean it, it might <laughs> well i mean if you're gonna go to never you just yeah, you see just andrew put, put the I'm brakes saying. on right there uh okay. let's help our listeners andrew let's do that <laughs> yes we're helping so many guys all over the country of every age, of every kind of health condition, struggling with the uh, – this is a sensitive topic. And a lot of guys that do nothing about the problem, the problem gets worse. We have an answer. It's called acoustic wave therapy. And it is clinically proven to open up and regrow blood vessels, restore normal function in the bedroom. And here's the big takeaway. Guys no longer have to take the pill they uh, they get the blood flow going where you want it, when you want it. And that's got to be the big appeal, right? Where and when? Yes, that is. That's on-demand function, spontaneity. When we're younger, we take that all for granted, and it fades as we age. Uh, it's totally normal, part of the aging process. I tell guys all the time, you know, our hearing gets a little worse, our eyesight gets a little worse, and so does this. But we can fix it. This is backed by 42 clinical studies, including from Cambridge, all showing that when we improve circulation, we can reverse erectile dysfunction. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Get in, see the doctor, find out if this is a good fit for you and uh, some other stuff as well, right? A lot for free. We really believe in delivering a lot of value. The assessment and exam, which is the first step, is totally free. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound, a little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. That's been great. And new patients even get free testosterone. If you're feeling a little lethargic, that could help you. Uh, Give us a call at Wasatch Medical. Put a stop to the ED. This is all free of charge. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. All right. David Locke next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.